Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you for joining us again today. As I mentioned last week, there's an Executive Function Online Summit coming up, and it's actually quite soon now. It's going to be on the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of August, so you've got a, just a few days to be able to, to get involved in that. To find out full details of it, go to my affiliate link, which is educationonfire.com forward slash TFOs 2021. That's educationonfire.com forward slash TEFOS 2021. That takes you straight through and you can find out more details. You can sign up for free and get involved in that fantastic online event all about executive function. Now today I'm chatting to Holly Sharp and she's from Dream It and Do It. Now Holly is a next generation careers counsellor and she's helping kids, parents and teachers navigate the question what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, the top 100 books on Amazon cover only 20 careers. With two-thirds of adults having regrets about their career choices, we think we can do better. And Holly's developed a three-step system to get kids headed in the right direction. Evaluation, exposure, and execution. And we had a fantastic conversation about how Holly is putting all this together and able to support you. So I hope you enjoy this. This is Holly Sharp, Dream It and Do It. Hello, Holly. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm delighted to have this conversation about careers. I have two teenagers and one that's just about to turn 20. So the whole ideas of of where careers go and jobs and how that fits into education is something which is readily front of mind in, in my world. So yeah, thanks very much for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's start. Dream it and do it. Where did it come from? Why is it your passion? How did it all come about? So I was preparing for a baby shower. I was eight months pregnant and looking for books to fill my child's library with. I love books. And um, my sister decided to create a shower where instead of bringing cards, people would bring books and inscribe them to my daughter. And one of the things that was really important to me was finding books that would help inspire her to think at a young age about all the different things that she could be when she grew up. And as I started looking for this book, I couldn't really find it. So um, not long after that, I found myself laid off and very pregnant and at the start of a pandemic. And so kind of decided that if ever I was going to do something for my daughter or find a way to take my talents and um, apply them to mommyhood, you know, laid off in a pandemic is the perfect time to do it. So I decided to write this book. And after a little research found that when I started researching career books for kids on Amazon, out of the top 100 books that were available, they covered only 20 careers. And of those 20 careers, most of them were helper jobs. So I'll, I'll get into what that means. But largely, that's, you know, police officers and veterinarians and service people who are wonderful and needed, but it leaves a huge gap of career choices that kids can make that we're not really teaching them either in the classroom or through literature. So I know you've created a kind of a, a three-step system towards it. So, so talk us through a little bit about, like say, rather than just here's an example of some jobs you could do, why, why the system and, and how does that kind of help sort of unpick all that kind of stuff. 
So I first kind of wrote the book in in the way that you described, to be honest, where I would just gathered as many diverse people as I could think of that spread across a number of different types of jobs. And I started doing a little more research and found that one of the things that really frustrates parents is it's great to show me all these options, but how on earth do I help my child actually narrow their choices? And so I just started thinking about how do adults do this and started looking at different processes that, you know, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you're thinking about making a career change or not happy in your career, what do you do? And so I used a lot of that research to frankly apply to children and came up with this three-step process. So the first one is evaluation. And what that means is basically figuring out what your child is into and what their career personality is. And I don't mean to say career personality in a way that like we need to assign our child in fourth grade, like this is what you're going to do and now you're stuck to it. But I think because the task of helping your kid figure out their their path in life can be so daunting, this first step, I think, helps narrow for parents. Instead of thinking about a thousand careers that they could be, maybe we can focus in on a hundred and from there start helping them narrow. So I have a tool on my website and there's um, other ways that you can, can get there, but I try to basically take this information and make it very, very simple for parents to understand and use to help them figure out which of the six personality types their child is. So a lot of the questions have to do with what activities they're into, what kind of things they do with their own free time, what subjects in school they excel in. And through, there's about 15 questions. At the end, it will help you understand the personality type of your child. And I've had, um, I've been running a couple ads on Facebook and, and found that as people are taking this quiz and coming back and and commenting in my ads, that it also kind of reflects the type of learner your child is as well. So, you know, it makes sense that those two things are paired together. So the type of learner that your child is probably also reflects what they will do well in their future life as as well. So that's an important step one in my mind is really just figuring out what does your your child excel at and what is their kind of personality? And then step two is exposure. And in this step, I think this is where having role models is something that is really important for kids. Junior Achievement did a study that looked at the ways that kids best process figuring out their future careers. And the number one answer was through people doing those jobs. So don't just tell a child, oh, look at, you know, Johnny the farmer. He farms and makes foods that you eat, but actually introducing them to real life farmers and what a day in their life is like. And and so my goal with Dream It and Do It, the book, was to introduce kids to those role models. And the book is designed so that in the appendix, every single person has, there's a hundred of them, have their primary and secondary personalities next to their name. So let's say that your child is a pioneer. They can find all of the stories where their either primary or secondary personality is a pioneer. And I think for kids being able to see themselves and other people, I mean, you and I are the same, right? That if we, it's easier to hear um, or you feel you feel more engaged with someone that you that you have something in common with. Like you, if you and I found out that we went to the same college, all of a sudden we're off and running to having you know some some basis to to feel connected to each other. And I think that hopefully the role models in this book would be the same. That if 
kids can see their personality type reflected in some of these jobs. It makes them feel more engaged in those particular role models. And then the third step is to execute. And my hope is that through either suggestions in the book or through suggestions I make on my website or frankly just doing some research on your own, parents can find activities that help to develop skills in their child that relate to their career personality. So for example, if I found out that my child was a pioneer, I might get them enrolled in junior achievement or help them to start a small business out of our house or something that really hones in on that part of their personality that they can begin to develop. And it's certainly something I remember chatting to to my daughter about recently was the First of all, as you like to say, as you go through those sort of teenage years and you're having to start to decide what subjects to take here in the UK for GCSE, you sort of narrow down mm-hmm. a little bit and decide what to do. Um, and, you know, we talked about, you know, the, your, your interests, the things that you like to do, the sort of areas that you're interested in. And and that idea of sort of career after that, rather than just thinking it's this, it's this subject and then it's this kind of further subject and then it's this degree or this apprentice, like I say, it just, it's all so sort of abstract in so many ways. And we were having this conversation about, I said, you know, had you even thought about, you know, do you like working alone as opposed to working with your friends? You know, do you like to be in an environment which is really buzzy or do you like to, you know, start with a, a group of people and then maybe work on your own or, you know, and just really sort of tangible things about where you are at the moment in terms of how you like to to work, whether that's in school or, or, or sort of with a group of friends. But those things you can answer because you kind of know that already. And like I say, it's that building, that understanding of you have a lot of the answers and a lot of the guides, but you just need to have those questions maybe asked of you or for you to think about them just to start to get that ball rolling. There is an overwhelming amount of research that shows that you are more likely to be satisfied in your career if it is paired up to your personality type more than it is in an interest that you have. So, and I think that, you know, each generation proves this more and more that you don't have a career in the you know 20 years since I've graduated high school. I've been a book author. I've been a product developer. I've started a company. I've worked abroad and helped startup teams. Like all of those things seem wildly different. But if you look at the fact that I have a pioneering artistic personality, that journey actually makes perfect sense. And so one of the things that I hope to do as a mother is instead of trying to ask my child, what is the thing you want to be when you grow up? I hope to ask her, like, what type of life do you want when you grow up? So for me, one of the things that I really value is independent working. I really like being able to work from wherever I want to work, work on my own terms. And so the things that make me happy are the career choices that allow me to do that. And I hope to be able to have conversations with her that instead of saying, do you want to be a pilot? It is, do you mind being home? Do you want to travel a lot? Do do you actually thrive on being away from home and, and traveling versus do you want to be home and focus on raising a family or you know what values are important to you and i think these personality types are a easy way to at least start having conversations about what matters to you i think the personalities are a bit more reflective of interests than they are of values but i think if you get within the sector of interests and say okay your your child falls into the artistic personality well, if, if you want to be a musician, let's have a real conversation about what that means in terms of time away from home and, you know, probability of success and, and the 
you know, various types of jobs that are, are likely versus what you're seeing on TV and, and on YouTube, right? So what I hope to provide for parents is a really great launching pad because I think today where there's very little structure around this topic in either literature for parents or for uh, programs within schools, it's such an overwhelming task that we really do I think we automatically as humans simplify it by simply asking kids, what do you want to be? And then we re, we encourage that choice in our child. It's like, all right, great. Now, now that you're saying something, I can help you hone in on that choice. But we do very little to actually help kids get to that answer in the first place. And nine out of 10 times, kids are choosing based on something they saw on television, either something that their parents do. I think there's lots of careers that kids have no idea even exist that might be really, really good fits for their particular personality, but where are they learning about them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, uh, as a musician myself, I mean, I, I completely get that, that <laughs> analogy. You know, I, m- I remember having the careers talk at my school and it's kind of, you know, what are your interests in music? Okay, so you can go into the army and be part of the army band or you can be a music teacher. And that was kind of my two options. And I thought, well, I know that's not true because I know people who are being musicians in, in a variety of things. But like you said, actually now looking back those questions should be let's assume that you have the talent and the opportunity to become a professional musician you know do you want to do something like a show where you're playing the same show eight shows a week month after month week after week the same thing you know do you want to be doing a on a concert platform where you're doing maybe one two three at one go and in a different program do you like working at nights you know are you mm-hmm. happy to travel you know are you any good at driving at three in the morning when you're coming home? <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff you know and and you're absolutely right understanding all of those things and I think I like the role model idea because it's it's when you hear people talking about it that you know or respect or understand and they're telling well this is the reality of how that actually is then it's a it's a very different conversation I think and I think that really is absolutely absolutely key. One of my nieces, um, one of her dreams is to be a pilot. And so she was flying for the first time this winter. We met my family down in Florida and she wore her a pilot's cap onto the, the plane. And she happened to be behind another pilot that was flying himself, not the plane, but as a passenger. And of course noticed, and they got to talking about Beverly Bass, which was the woman I wrote about in my book. And she's been featured on uh, a, a play on Broadway and uh, was a, a big part of uh, a lot of the activity around 9-11. And like, she could have a, a intelligent conversation about this real life pilot and her interest in her. And I absolutely love that story because I think that you know it, it's not just this ambiguous person to her. It's this woman that was able to be one of the first female pilots and she knows her by name and has a picture of her. And it, it's, it really, I hope for other kids that they can find themselves in the pages of the book and whether or not you get there through your personality. Um, my hope is that at least if you can find, figure out that personality type, you can start to hone in on stories that you, that you would feel relatable. And also, I think having done a number of career days myself, just given what I, I do, I found that by fifth grade, like kids are pretty dug into the answer to this question. And when I give a fifth grader my book versus giving a second grader my book, a second grader is more likely to flip through the pages 
and read and find different interesting things, a fifth grader is looking for the story that reinforces what they've already chosen. So like, for example, I, I went and did a career day where this kid really was like all about being a race car driver. And he found that my book had one and he was so excited. And like, that's, he'd already like used that story to reinforce his choice. And we're talking about fifth grade. And I, I am in a lot of kind of high debate conversations with parents about whether or not elementary school is an appropriate time to start having these conversations with kids. And I get a lot of the like, can't we just let kids be kids conversations? And I'm all for letting kids be kids. But in my experience being in classrooms with kids of different ages, I do feel like by the time they've dug in, you're more likely to spend your time either convincing them that this really isn't a great fit for you based on what I know about you or reinforcing the, the choice that they've made without a lot of time to explore the, the, the options. So as I engage in these heated debates with parents, my response is this, it's not about helping your kid choose at second grade what they want to do for the whole rest of their life, but it's about helping them find their values and priorities and, and personality so that they can begin to narrow so that come fifth grade, junior high school, when they feel more committed to that choice, that choice comes from a place of true exploration versus just, you know, I rode on a plane once and I thought it was cool and now I want to be a pilot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So so the, the book itself is is directed to children rather than the parents actually reading it and then putting that information it's all directly to their children, as it were. So, so how how was it actually writing that in terms of of having them as the focal point of how you wanted to articulate it? I had to really figure out the format that I thought would make sense for each story. So, what I tried to do with each person that I learned about was start off with their childhood. So, a lot of you know when you read biographies or autobiographies it's actually a pretty natural place for people to start and i wanted kids to see that every adult that they look up to started as a kid and that most i would say 99 out of the 100 stories in my book all started off as normal people like no one was born into wealthy families or you know handed down a you know, my my dad was a famous actor, and so I just kind of fell in the industry. They all started as pretty everyday kids and through hard work and determination became the people that they wanted to be. And so I really tried hard to make sure kids saw the beginning of the story as being a childhood and then what it took to become the thing that they wanted to be. And I tried really hard on the stories where kids tend to fall by default to explain how hard those particular jobs can be. So one of the stories in here is about a ballerina. And as we know, many a young girl dream of becoming a ballerina. And as I read through these stories, legit, I think that that's probably one of the hardest careers that I read about in terms of how difficult it is personally to put in the type of work necessary to stand out, how hard physically it is on your body, and how your 
you have to fall into a very small percentage of people that look a certain way, that are a certain height, that have a certain build, and that you know this thing that so many young women want to be is actually one of the most difficult careers to have. And so I tried to really make sure all three things were in each and every story so that kids could see themselves in the beginning, understood what it really took, and then have someone, something to teach that kids could take with them. Yeah, I love that. And I work quite a lot with the English National Ballet as a musician, and I've seen the work that goes into those dancers. It is unbelievable that the, the discipline and the skill needed. And yeah, my hat goes off to them every time I see them doing absolutely anything. And it is so, so difficult. But like you say, and, and so much of that is just natural ability, or like I say, your your body type or whatever. It's not about what you think you want to be. It's the, the do you have what it takes naturally right. is as well as everything else which is, is 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 an important thing which maybe kids don't want to be told or don't want to accept as well which is an, an, an again another interesting conversation i would imagine which is why i think the execute part is equally as important to the other two because it's one thing to you know take the test like all right i have an artistic personality ooh i'd really like to be a ballerina well then go try that go experiment with that you know, it's not necessarily about parents saying, oh, well, you're kind of short or do you really think so? Like, go try it. And maybe through ballet, you find that ballet isn't for you, but a different type of dance is or a different type of expression or even just some a question as simple as if you want to be a performer, do you really want to be the front of the performance? Because there are so many great jobs at the back. Like I chose from a, a, to write about singers in my book, not as the lead performer but as the backup singers. And I wanted to show kids because they're, that is one of the careers that I really tried hard to show that lots of lots of kids want to be singers at that age, that you can actually make a living being a singer and you don't have to be, this is going to age me by saying it, the next Britney Spears, that you, you can make a, a great living being a singer, but there's a whole other um, pool of jobs that aren't necessarily the superstar but still you get the joy of performing. Yeah, I um, love that. And uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to jump into that that execute idea a little bit more. Um, in terms of actually trying it out, like, like you were just explaining, um, again, this is a conversation we've had in our house in terms of it's all very well thinking you know about an idea or a job or, or an interest even, sometimes they they're not quite sure of the steps about how you you get that experience or try it out you know and and you know i've said you know if if you like sort of interior design you know maybe just contact somebody or we'll find within our community somehow someone who has an interest or a company in that that maybe you can just go and hang out or do something that kind of gets you in so do you sort of have some of those sort of explanations of how you go step by step to get that experience to sort of find out a little bit more about them all yeah that's my number one piece of advice. If it's not obvious, so, you know, if it's either not obvious or not practical. So, you know, my niece who wants to be a pilot, she isn't necessarily going to go to pilot school or, you know, something like that in, in third grade. But I do think that leveraging your networks, your principals, teachers, guidance counselors, and LinkedIn to find a role model that can help have conversations with your child. I had a wonderful art teacher in high school who helped me figure out that my how my brain worked and my talents and introduced me to an uh, advertising executive in our hometown and arranged with the school for me to take three days off my junior year 
and shadow this guy around for three days and be able to ask him questions, see what he did. And it was brilliant because I thought for sure I wanted to go to art school, that I wanted to, you know, paint and draw. And it was, she was the one that kind of said, you know, you're good, but I think the way that your mind works, if you could figure out how to take, translate what you see in terms of something on the page to an idea, I think you could be great. And she was the one that really helped me see that instead of going to art school, I actually ended up going to business school, which sounds like two very contradicting things, but I but studying advertising ended up being a wonderful fit for me because it leveraged all the things I loved about being creative, but applied the kind of type A personality that I I actually have. And so I've I've had a, a long, happy career kind of knowing how to blend art and business together that I'm not sure I would have seen at such a young age if not for that teacher. So I I kind of used a long answer to say that I do think that the number one way that you can help your child, even if you don't have a huge network, is just start asking, you know, hey, my, you know, my kid's really interested in X. Do you happen to know anybody or know any activities? And I think that this is probably the, the biggest way that guidance counselors are underused because I think today they tend to either be, you know, where we need them from a just get involved in, in the health and well-being of our kids. But for for the career side of it, I think they tend to be more college advisors of, oh, you want to do this, so here's the schools I suggest you apply to or help help in that preparation. But by that time, they've kind of made that choice where even if, say, your kid is in elementary school and they're interested in becoming a musician, let's just say, you could still leverage the guidance counselor in your junior high school or high or junior high or high school that's attached to that elementary school and pop in and, and have a conversation to say, hey, my kid's going to be here in a few years. They're really trying to explore this choice. Is there anyone that might be available through the school's network or um, that you could you know, start me having conversations with that I could allow my child to meet? Because I do, I can't say it enough that I think role models really are like after you kind of have a sense of what those interests are, I think role models are so important because they start to fill in those blanks of values and here's what what my life actually looks like. Like imagine if my niece were able to fly around with this pilot for a day, like forget all like the ethical stuff aside and actually see what it means to be living out of a suitcase and away from home and, you know, seeing exotic places and dealing with, you know, the delays and the weather and the science and the math, like how much she could learn in 24 hours of, of watching a pilot or talking to a pilot that she would never be able to get usually. So a very, very long answer, but I couldn't agree with you more in terms of finding role models and, and getting them to have conversations with kids. And I, what I really liked there is you, you mentioned well-being. And I think one of the things that, in my experience, children often feel like they get stuck. It's kind of, this is my class, this is what I'm learning, this is what I have to do. And then at the end of it, you come out with some kind of qualifications or you decide to do this. And like I'm saying, it's all kind of sort of piecemeal in, in some respects. And I think that's where children start to lose some of that ideas of questioning and, and exploration and creativity. And I think well-being is a, is a general concept once you feel like you have control and you have some ability to to 
sort of shape your life, which everybody should have. That's how we start when we're small and we start to learn things as toddlers. If that could grow through the education system, then I think that would be amazing. That's a whole other podcast or many of the podcasts that we've had. Um, but I, I think that sort of sense of, oh, right, so I'm going to, I'm going to, try and meet this person i'm going to try and have that conversation and like you say when that does work out brilliant actually that wasn't quite the right fit so now i'm but they've said but i know this person let's try that and let's try this and all the time you're on a positive journey that's getting rid of the stuff that you 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 sort of just decided isn't for you which then gives you a clearer vision of what is right for you and but all the time you have that control and you feel like you're on that journey you're putting one step before the others yes of course in school there are things that you have to do as well but it's then tools and understanding that's supporting you on this journey that you're on as a self-centered person but with that like say the support and the guidance of, of your parents and the counselors and all those people around you I think one of the things that was the biggest aha for me in this journey as I've been trying to help my own daughter and other children make this choice with a level of understanding and education is that it's really missing from our elementary education programming. And as obviously I learned more about how to get programming into schools, it is I've I've convinced major corporations to sell brand new products that never existed before far easier than I've convinced a principal to add a, a piece of curriculum to a third grade class. Like it is harder than I ever really imagined it could be. And so I've been trying to find ways to help teachers integrate this subject into their classroom without having to go through the school system. And I think to your point about well-being, I do think that the school does not require this topic to be taught, but if you're a teacher who really got into education to better the lives of children and, and make a difference in their future, I can't think of any better way to do that than to help children figure out the, the path to start down in their career exploration process. So I've, I've taken this book and I've built a program where teachers can build a bulletin board in their classroom that lasts all year long. And they can kick off. So, you know, as I'm kind of learning about how the process of the, the school system works, so my background, I'm not a teacher in all fairness, um, but because I, I work in new product development and have had to figure out how to launch new things into the world, this is just another way of doing that in my mind. And in learning about kind of how teachers look at the bulletin board programs within their classroom, there tends to be a changing of seasons. And so I've tried to build a program where every season their bulletin board can continue to evolve to, to help teach this, this topic while doing something that they're already required to do. And so the way I've been thinking about it is using this bulletin board as a back to school uh, when you launch off as as back to school you start by teaching about these personality types and you start with kind of a blank bulletin board where i've i've challenged teachers to put up the question who are you instead of what do you want to be and then each there's a blank portion of a bulletin board each one reflecting each of the different six personality types and using back to school as a way to teach these personalities and then as the school year evolves, assigning these uh, readings, and I, I have them in a, a packet for teachers with, you know, 
reading questions and um, you know more of a curriculum than it is a book for parents that kids can go home read these stories at night with their parents answer a few questions and then as they're finding pers- or as they're finding careers or role models that they look up to kids are given cards with the pictures of these people that they can write their name on and start adding to the bulletin board so as the school year evolves by the end of the school year which by the way April is career day, they have a bulletin board full of all of these different role models and the kids who look up to them. And then on career day can actually engage parents in a conversation of, you know, here's who I've learned about, here's what I'm interested in, and do a really thoughtful career day where they've had the opportunity to really find the role models and the stories that inspire them and get parents engaged in that conversation. So my hope in kind of doing in talking with you today and in in the work that I've been doing is not to just help educate parents about how to help their kids, but to encourage teachers to use this part of their classroom as a way to bring in this curriculum, which by the way, also teaches reading and STEM and math and all different types of topics that are already important without having to be a firm curriculum that comes from the top down. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, creative and inspiring learning is, is what this podcast is all about. And it's 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 exactly that. It's kind of seeing what's possible. And and like you said, changing the curriculum, adding to the curriculum is, is nigh on impossible in so many ways, especially for the children that are in school today in whatever class that is, because they don't have the however many years it would take for that to be in place. But just being able to explain as, as, as well as you just have in terms of showing what a massive difference that could make step by step easy sort of ways of doing it and then you know i can see that day in april you know i you know you can hear those conversations it makes perfect sense it's not coming left field it's been an integral part of the of the year in in in, uh, in an organic and, and supportive way and i think that's that's incredible to hear and i think so many people will will really sort of get that aha moment as well i think which is brilliant let's just dive into into your school experience a little bit because sure. it's always interesting to kind of hear those people that have made sort of made made that difference so is there a teacher or or a situation which is um had a big impact on you and can you sort of tell us about that and why so the art teacher that i'd referred to earlier without a doubt um in fact once a year i find some reason to post on facebook and thank her for the life that she helped give me because i I don't, one, I don't think art teachers hardly ever get credit for being the person that changes someone's lives, but, or someone's life. Um, I took this art class every year for four years, which anyone on the, the career path to college, like just trying to convince a career counselor and your parents that art belongs in my curriculum every year instead of AP math or, or what have you. And I, I, looking back, it is funny how my confidence was so ill-placed that I was okay. Um, I have a grandmother who was a painter. And um, so I I just felt like it was in my blood, but I wasn't great. Like I could conceive of these cool ideas and they would kind of translate to paper. And I thought I was awesome. Um, And I appreciate that she saw that it wasn't that I lacked creativity. It's just that frankly, in the with an artist personality, I just wasn't a painter or a drawer and not maybe as a hobby, um, but not in a way that I was probably going to make a career out of easily. 
And so I really do appreciate that she kind of helped me step back and go, just because you have this artistic part of your personality, it doesn't mean that there's only one way to help to materialize in the world. And it, frankly, it could have just been that her best friend happened to be in advertising and she thought, well, this is the one guy that probably would be willing to do it. But the fact remains that I don't even know if, if teachers would be allowed to do this today. I hope that they are. But the fact that she was able to get me pulled out of school and shadow for those three days, 20 years later, I can remember every minute of that experience. Can I tell you what I learned in the classes that I took that entire year? Probably not. It's had, had such a profound impact on me that this teacher was willing to help me see the world. I mean, as a junior, you're making those decisions in terms of where you want to go to school and what you want to do. And she single-handedly helped me decide to not apply to a very expensive private art school and instead apply to a great business school um, elsewhere in Michigan. And I guess you know you made that decision like you said with with real understanding and confidence based on on those things and and I think the thing that strikes me about that and and it's the it really is a common thread which I think everybody needs to needs to really appreciate is it it's that human connection you know that that was a piece of advice around like say art and creativity but it comes from the fact that she saw you and you saw her and you had the trust and the confidence to be able to make that work and then like I said it's that feeling and then you had that progression of having the experiences of, of those three days and all of that as well but there's something about that human to human connection that the, the I see you you see me kind of thing which just opens up the entire world. And I think too, I mean, not to, to go back to the program, but the, the idea of teachers having this career day at the end of this process where parents can come in and like you're saying, see their kids. Like I imagine if I was able to go into my daughter's second grade classroom and she could articulate to me, mom, here's the, the people I look up to and here's why I think they matter. And here's why this, I would the next day be like, all right, we're doing this. Like, what do we got to do? Like, how do I keep you motivated and inspired? And I think that if parents, you know, if, if teachers can start the pro process, but to hear from their kids this very personal, here's why I think, and here's what I think, and here's why I think it. Honestly, I feel like for a lot of like parents become parents for this reason. Like we created these little humans that are way more work than than I ever imagined that they would be. <laughs> the whole reason we brought them on this planet, at least that maybe this is why I'm doing what I do, but the whole reason they're here is because we want to sculpt them into amazing human beings that that will lead the next generation after us, right? So if if there's anything that you would want as a parent for your kid in elementary school, it's to start having conversations about the type of person they want to be when they grow up. And I really, really hope that that there are teachers and, and parents listening to this that will advocate to bring this into the classroom because to me, yes, reading and writing and like all of that super critical but in terms of actually turning people into who they want to become i really hope that this starts being taken more seriously as a topic yeah absolutely i love it and is there any advice that you've you've been given that you'd like to share or, or even a piece of advice you'd give your younger self now looking back that um that you think would be really important so one of my one of the piece of advice that always stuck with me throughout my life um, is from my grandfather, who was a union worker in the automotive industry. And 
Um, it's funny because I always kind of thought of him as being this like blue collar guy that was you'd come home with the dirty fingernails and his, his black lunch pail that I can still see him like setting on the table when I was a young girl. But the thing he always said is there's only one thing on, in this world that people can't take from you, and that is education. So you can have money in the bank and that can disappear. You can have people you love and they can go away. But the one thing that will always remain yours is education. I really, I really think that is such intelligent advice when you, you don't know what the future holds. But And I don't even mean this to, to mean that like everyone needs to go get a college degree or go get a master's. In fact, I think the next generation is going to prove to us that, that a lot of that isn't needed. But building knowledge is really what he means. Like once you have the skill to do something, no one can take that away from you. And so whatever that learning or that knowledge is, I have spent money that could have gone on vacations or into homes. I've lived in very small houses and apartments for a lot of my life for the desire to continue to educate myself. And obviously the older you get, the, the more that begins to pay back. Um, but I really I think that building knowledge is something that is one of the most valuable assets you can have. And I think that that was a really good advice that, that my grandfather gave me. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? When you hear it from someone so close to you as well. And, and, yes. and I really, and I, I really liked your separation of the, of the knowledge and the learning and then the skills as well. And, and like you said, I don't think myself either that, you know, the, the normal path of this exam, that exam, this higher exam, it's going to be much more, I know you can do this for however reason, with whatever the technology is that proves that you you are who you are and you can do what you do and you say what you say, but your ability to show this is what I bring to whatever party it is that you're going mm -hmm. to, you know, this work area, this organization, this whatever. And, and I think all the things I think we've spoken about so far all feeds into that same thing because you'd have been thinking about it, you understand it, you're questioning it from a young age all the way through. It's part and parcel of how you feel that you're learning through that whole journey. And, and that's such a real asset, I think. You know, one of the things I've thought a lot about is if my daughter came to me and said, you know, I want to study business like you and my husband is also, uh, we're both MBAs. If my daughter came to me and said, I want to do what you and daddy do, I would almost even consider going, all right, here are the seven different branches of business that you would study. Instead of taking the $200,000 it'll take you to get through undergrad and uh, a graduate study, I want you to use that money to enlist these seven mentors that are world-class in their fields. And you're going to go learn marketing from this person. And you're going to go learn logistics from this person. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating against education at all. Please don't misunderstand me. But I do think that we're, we're on the verge of the education model being completely broken down and rethought because you can go learn so many skills from people who are experts in their field without ever having to step a day in the classroom. So I think that, you know, if there, if you are a person that has a passion or your child has a passion, you don't have to wait until college or post high school graduation to start that learning process with the internet as it is today there's almost not a topic you can't learn like if you if you are willing to invest time and or money into a program even online you can learn just about anything at any age and i think that's incredibly true it's that you know i want to learn from the best and that best person is there i can see them touch them enroll do whatever that happens to be and also you can do it in so many ways now 
which again like we've been talking about when you understand who you are and how you work and your skills and your strengths it might be this particular way of learning with this person is great because i can try it stop it go back repeat rather than being on a course which is just like a train going towards a station or it might be that i need one-to-one i'm going to find that person they live close enough i'm going to move wherever they are do it that way or a hybrid or or you know the the world really is your oyster and i think that just gets really exciting then rather than like say the traditional system is there and it'll work for many people and i think you're right i think it will get dismantled and changed in so many ways as people start to realize that but it's so exciting just to i think to be able to get that across to your children to say look let's think about it like this where should we then go and i think that's that really is brilliant so just as we round off, is there a resource which has had a, a really big impact on your life? And it can be a video, a film, a, uh, a book, a podcast, absolutely anything, but something which um, you think might be supportive for everyone. So I have found a ton of value in the research done by Dr. John Holland. And this may not be for every, everyone, for educators, they're, um, they may enjoy reading the, the research, but I think that the work he has done has... Uh, changed not only my life, but the trajectory of who I am as an author and a career coach for kids. And it's really his work that helped me figure out this idea of there being career personalities and that, you know, it's not just about finding the thing that drives you, but that if you can find, figure out who you are, there's probably a hundred jobs you'd be good at so that you, it really like, that was the aha for me that his research helped me see was that it's not about having a career that's a job title, that I am not an author, I am not a product developer, I am not a marketer, but I am someone who likes to bring new things into the world from scratch. And that can come in so many different forms that it's so freeing to realize that I don't have to commit to being a thing. As long as it falls into my wheelhouse, I can actually be lots of things. And there's a lot of great ways that his research has materialized. I went straight to his research from the 80s. But if you search for Dr. John Holland, you will find all sorts of um, articles and career quizzes and things from all of the indeed.coms of the world or LinkedIn's of the world that kind of, I think, make it a little bit more reader friendly, if you will, than, you know, the straight research. But I think that his work has has really helped a lot of adults. And I hope that my interpretation of it will help to uh, inspire the next generation of kids. Fantastic. And well, Holly, it's been so amazing to chat. I'm, I get excited for the next generation. I mean, specifically my kids, but everyone that's around in education at the moment, because I think these conversations, these opportunities that, you know, a book, a place that can enable all this to happen, I think is very, very exciting. And I think that that's the key for, for why I'm spending all my time doing doing what I'm doing. So tell us where people can go and get the book, website, where they can find out more about you. Sure. So everything can be found at dreamitanddoitkids.com. So whether you're a parent looking to learn more about the book so you can have it in your home, or you're a teacher learning, wanting to learn more about the program that I've developed for the classroom both things can be found there. And I am more than happy to interact with you over email or Instagram, which both can be found there as well. Fantastic. Holly, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight chatting to you. And um, yeah, we should keep in contact because like I said, I think this career and life journey is something which is going to affect more and more people. So yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you to the National Association for Primary Education for their long-term support of the Education on Fire podcast. 
To get a free e-copy of their professional journal, Primary First, please go to nape.org.uk forward slash journal. That's nape.org.uk forward slash journal. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.